Aloha, everybody. Welcome to another installment of the Pod Squad. Chad Blair, Honolulu Civil Beat. And today we are talking about tobacco products, specifically legislation before the state legislature regarding vaping. There's also another bill uh, regarding beverages. I'll get to that in a moment. But joining us to talk about these bills and other matters is Trish Lachika. She is Policy and Advocacy Director of the nonprofit Hawaii Public Health Institute. Hi, Trish. Welcome. Hi, Chad. Thanks for having me. Sure. Before we talk about the three bills, there's actually four that you're focused on, but we're going to talk about three today. Tell me a little bit about the Hawaii Public Health Institute. We are a um, nonprofit. Um, We're located, our headquarters is in Honolulu, but we have staff from across the state. And so the Hawaii Public Health Institute really focused on different issues, um, tobacco prevention and control, um, you know, healthy eating, active living, including improvements to the built environment. So it's, you know, safe for walking and biking. Um, and we also work on other issues, oral health, really a, a different issues to, to ensure that um, residents for Aloha State um, remain the healthiest. And uh, you are a nonprofit, of course. Yes, we so, are. Well, let's talk about um, these bills, two of them regarding uh, vaping uh, and the third regarding beverages. Senate Bill 1009 bans the sale of flavored tobacco products except for menthol or mentholated products. I know there's more in the subject matter. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about this bill. Right. So Senate Bill 1009, um, the original draft um, did ban all flavors, including menthol. In fact, I was going to ask you that. I did look at the original. There must be a story there on how menthol got back in. But before we get to that, tell me more about the bill. So it seeks to end the sale and distribution here in the state of all flavored tobacco products. Um, What it means is that retailers will not be able to sell um, flavored products here in the state anymore, although a lot of the businesses um, that exist here also have a customer base in the mainland, and so it would not be able to sell to jurisdictions um, you know, that do not have a flavor ban. Um, but it seeks to be able to eliminate that, and really the um, purpose behind it is because Hawaii is experiencing a huge youth vaping epidemic with um, over 81% of our youth who ever started with a tobacco product used a flavored um, product. And so, so they are attracted to the flavors. In other words, their first exposure is, is, is these flavored items. Not They're not picking up a pack of Mar- right, Marlboros right. or something Correct. like that. Yeah. Okay. So if, from a teenager's perspective, and we've gone to the, all the you know different schools from across the state, we really try and understand what is it about these products that are so popular? And the kids are telling us it's delicious. Hmm. Um, yesterday, I just heard that you know one of the teenagers didn't realize that it was a tobacco product because it tastes like Skittles and it huh. smells like Skittles. If you look at cigarettes, those kids will say it's disgusting. But because they are marketed in these kid-friendly flavors, flavors that look like they belong in an ice cream shop, right, or a candy store, um, the kids are attracted to these flavors. But here's the thing. Um, these products contain nicotine, and so it's the nicotine component that keeps them addicted and coming back for more. So uh, another statistic that's in the legislation, the actual bill itself, 95% of all smokers start before the age of 21. And now that I think about it, because it's been a long time since I was 21, but now that I think about it, most people I know started uh, in middle school or high school, and often they were copying their friends or their, their parents and things like that. And, and that's a shocking statistic. How's the bill doing? We're over halfway at the legislature. The halfway point is past us, heading towards May 2nd conclusion. How's SB 10-1009 uh, doing? 
It's looking really great. Um, it had, The Senate bill had crossed over the Senate. It had passed the Health Committee, and yesterday it cleared a huge joint Consumer Protection and Judiciary Committee yesterday. Um, they just took um, Attorney General technical amendments, and now it moves on to the Committee on Finance. If I understand correctly, I, uh, I think Roz Baker, the, the Health Committee Secretary in the Senate, and, and Carl Rhodes, the uh, Judiciary Chair in the Senate, I think they helped write the bill, didn't they? Or either that one or this, this. Both of them are on board. So that helps a lot having the chairs of those two committees correct, correct. backing this legislation. Yes. Besides, and the House bill, um, Representative Takumi, who's the chair of Consumer Protection, had authored the House bill. Okay, but probably no need to focus on that because yeah, the yeah. Senate bill has become the vehicle. But a credit to, to uh, Roy Takumi for the House legislation. Who else besides you guys support it? Can you maybe name one or two organizations we might recognize? There's a lot of concerned agencies. In fact, you know, our youth has a campaign website. It's Flavors Hook Kids Hawaii.org. And there are over 200 organizations that have endorsed a call to end the sale of candy-flavored products. HSTA has been to all the hearings. The um, teachers' union. Yes, oh. they testify in person. Um, you know, Department of Education, Department of Health. Um, they actually have, went on record in support of the legislation. Yes, yes. Because yes. agencies don't always do that. They do. They'll say, like, I support the. They intent, are in but- strong support. Vaping has just infiltrated the schools, and if you ask any principal, any teacher, it's preoccupying their time when they should be focus on quality, you know, the quality education in the classroom. Instead, you know, they're having to discipline the kids. They're having to confiscate. We're hearing vice principal's offices with bags and bags of these products. Gosh. Now, I do have to ask you, who opposes this legislation? Uh, And I'll tell you, some of the people I know, retailers, smoke shops, you can guess. uh, Who else is in opposition? And it is the industry um, who is who are in opposition. You know, um, the most significant legislation that was recently passed was in San Francisco, where they did um, a pass a flavor ban, and Big Tobacco spent twelve million dollars to oppose um, that measure. It's a ballot measure, um, something we can't do here in Hawaii, but we are certainly seeing. Um, you know, our lobbying for different lobbying firms at the Capitol, um, having, you know, ha- probably having conversations, too, with our lawmakers. But at the hearings, we're seeing um, testimony from the um, industry um, that are selling these products here in the state. It's interesting. I, I looked at um, the people that testified, at least the committee report and some of the some of the actual letters that went in there. You don't actually see Philip Morris in there or Altria, I think, mm-hmm. is the name. of. Um, although those have lobbyists that are well paid to, to lobby, but you do hear hear directly from individuals and organizations. Let me just read to you uh, some very short excerpts from a group uh, that you are probably no doubt familiar with, Retail Merchants of Hawaii. This is Tina Yamaki, who I happen to know, testimony uh, last month, February, in opposition. And she said basically a couple things in opposition. One, you're going to, if you get rid of these products, regulate this, you're going to really force many small local businesses who sell them to shut down. That's one thing. Two, she says, look, there's already a law in place that states that it's unlawful for a person under the age of 21 years to to buy uh, e-vaping devices, liquids, and so forth. And two other points, um, electronic vaping devices and e-liquid devices are available, uh, excuse me, they're available worldwide, they're flavored, but they do not contain tobacco, is what she's saying here. Uh, And then therefore... Final point, vapor products and e-liquids are not the same as tobacco products. Now, that's a lot to throw at you, but Mm -hmm. I figured Mm -hmm. you might have a little something to say in response to her. Because they represent... You know, all sorts of, you can imagine, the retail merchants yeah, of Hawaii. Yeah. These are arguments that, you know, we've heard from 
big tobacco when cigarettes were first coming into regulation. Even when we look at passing our um, smoke-free air laws 10 years ago, the you know people who were forever, by but the people way. <laughs> who had opposed that were the restaurants, saying mm. we would lose business, we would close shop if we you know if we um, become smoke-free. But look at what it has done for public health good right now. Um, in terms of shutting down the stores, that's completely untrue because if you are a convenience store or a gas station, you know, like similar to the, you know, anything with the economy, the um, purchasing will just shift to another product, a healthier product, mm. as we hope. Um, and it, it does look at pre- the prevention and access for youth. This isn't a adult issue. It is number one for us, um, a cakey, a kid issue um, in that we are only passing laws and looking at laws that have been passed with cigarettes and that have been proven effective to reduce youth use and youth access to these products. And while they're not tobacco products per se, you did say they contain nicotine and nicotine is Nicotine is derived from tobacco plants. They are federally at the Food and Drug Administration had recently expanded their authority to include vaping products and they're defined as tobacco products. In our state statute, they are defined as tobacco products. You know, I'm old enough to remember that you could smoke cigarettes on airplanes and literally, you know, uh, the non-smoking aisles would be like 36 up to one and then smoking would start in 37. So if you happen to be stuck in 36 or 35, you're going to smell it anyway. Then to think about people smoking in restaurants and so forth, it's hard to believe how much of a a change there has been, but it has it has happened. Okay, let's move on. Uh, anything else on one zero zero nine before we move on to fourteen oh five? No, go ahead. SB fourteen oh five establishes the offense of unlawful shipment of e-liquid products. I guess this is actually a regulation bill. Tell me about that one. So the Senate Bill 1405 um, aims to regulate um, vaping products similar to tobacco. So they're the vaping products are the only product without a tobacco tax attached to them. They're not even, um, they don't have a licensing or permitting component. And so similar to, um, you know, the liquor license, you need to have a tobacco license in order to sell these products. It doesn't apply currently to vaping. Um, and we would want to see this similar regulation regulations apply to these products. How's the bill doing? Um, The bill also cleared the Joint Consumer Protection Judiciary Committee, and it's on its way to finance. Is it Roz Baker and Carl Rhodes and company, I think, on that one? Senator Baker had authored the bill, but yes, I'm um, in support. Um, A lot of the same people supporting it in terms of organizations and individuals, a lot of the same people opposing it. Um, I'm not going to go into many of them, but I, but I did come across this organization, Vape with Aloha. <laughs> yes, they are an e-liquid company, um, and it is a popular hashtag. With vaping, as you know, it just it's marketed a lot in social media. Um, and you were talking about, you know, um, how the industry has really caught on. They, they're getting very innovative and smart about it. Um, I showed you earlier a basket. The most popular product um, that is called Juul. The kids have come up with a term for it, Juuling. J-U-U-L, yes, correct? Yes, Juul. And they're as small as about you know the palm of your hand. They're a pod-based delivery system. So they just came out three years ago, but they now have 72% of the market, and they're a $40 billion industry. Wow. And guess who just bought a third of Juul? Let me, let me just invested. guess. Probably a tobacco company? Altria. Altria. And of so, course, they are sort of the umbrella yes. group for yeah. uh, Philip Morris and others and whatnot. Wow. Right. Juuling, huh? You know, just one other point on this. They say that vaping is really not that dangerous when you compare it to tobacco. Is that true? Vaping is definitely not harmless. It may contain less toxicity as a cigarette product, but because these 
vaping was virtually non-existent 10 years ago. And the studies are, you know, are, sh- are showing that there's more risk right now. If you vape long term, risks associated to asthma, COPD, and now um, stroke. Um, and we're also seeing, you know, how really it's the nicotine component um, for adolescent use that is not safe because it alters um, your brain. Um, and nicotine is a highly, highly addictive substance. And so when you are, what we're seeing happening with these products are three things, right? One is that individuals who had never smoked or used a cigarette are vaping. Hmm. And we have, um, you know, smokers who are using these products, but to perpetuate their habit instead of to completely quit. And so long-term use of it, right? Um, And then there are also, you know, the youth that are picking them up um, for the first time and getting addicted to it. Which is why tobacco companies are moving uh, into this uh, market, because as the cigarette market shrinks in this country, uh, they're looking for new products to sell. Of course, tobacco is doing booming business in places like Asia where they've been marketing. The final thing I wanted to ask you about is SB 549 requires restaurants that sell children's meals that include a beverage to make that default beverage a healthy beverage. Tell me more. Yes. So we've been working on this issue for a couple of years now, and we call it a healthy by default bill. And so the restaurant menu often has a children's menu and the beverage that often comes with a children's meal comes with a sugary beverage. And so what we're doing is instead of it automatically coming with a soda, um, that it would come with water or milk instead. And it really helps to support um, parents' choice. You know, I'm a mom, I have a toddler. And so when I look at these menus, it's an extra step for me to order either water or milk. And it doesn't prohibit parents from still ordering if they choose to do so. It just doesn't make it the automatic choice. And the concern with sodas and, and fruit juices, sugary ones anyway, uh, obesity, that this is going to get people hooked and this is not good for you. I, mean, I hate to say it, but soda is not good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, opposition from the beverage industry perhaps on this bill? It's funny because there's no um, opposition at all on at public all. record. On public record, I would say um, it's very difficult. I mean, f- from an industry standpoint, to say that we want the automatic beverage to be soda for young kids. Got it. I do have uh, one piece of testimony from the Hawaii Restaurant Association against this bill. They think it's not necessary. They point out that McDonald's, Wendy's, Subway, Burger King, they've all stopped offering soda as the default beverage. They've been doing that since 2015. And it goes on to add a couple of other things. Happy Meals are 1% low-fat whole milk coming with that, or fat-free chocolate milk, or organic apple juice. Uh, Any thoughts on that? how do you interpret what they have to say about I think it's, you know, our position is similar to with the tobacco industry. We can't um, wait for the, we can't expect that the industry will regulate, you know, themselves. And it is a, volu- you know, they're voluntarily, and we applaud the restaurants that have stepped up and made their children's meals healthier. But there's still a lot of local restaurants. Um, American Heart Association uploaded in their testimony just pictures of menus that still still have it. And so it's still pretty rampant here okay. in the state. If I remember correctly, you came up to me at the Democratic Party convention in Kona, right, in the yes. Waikoloa introduced yourself and said that you were running for office. And I was first sort of, that happens a lot. Oh, you're Chad Blair. Can I talk to you? And I go, yeah, sure. Great. Um, That you were running for office 
um, uh, for a house seat. I believe it was was the Mililani area and so forth. And I was surprised to see uh, how enthusiastic you were for that. You ended up losing the seat. I recognize that. Who did win that that seat? Uh, uh, Republican Val Okimoto. That's right. Who actually beat Marilyn Lee, the, the Democrat. But you're obviously concerned. You, you're active. Uh, what got you interested in politics? There's a lot of cynicism out there right now. I will not mention a certain president. <laughs> but uh, what got you and what keeps you interested in public service? You know, my whole life, I have been, you know, really serving and advocating a lot. I care a lot about um of course, health, but there's a lot of voices that are often ignored and unheard. And this has been my fifth or sixth legislative session now. Um, you know, I, I, You're I still, a veteran then. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it is possible to be able to make change, to do policy change. And I really just want what's best um, for my community. But my number one reason is it changed when I became a mom. Oh. And I saw how it is to raise a family here in the islands. Um, and I would just want for my son to be able to grow up in an environment that, you know, we had the opportunities we had without the debt that, you know, a lot of kids have now and with the opportunities um, that are waiting for them. And so just wanted to be able to play my my part. And um, I took a chance. And to me, Despite the loss, it was worth it. Great. I'm guessing you're going to still be in public service one way or another. Uh, Trish LaChica, Policy and Advocacy Director for the nonprofit Hawaii Public Health Institute, tracking a couple of bills, but particularly two regarding vaping and another regarding uh, beverages. Uh, Thanks for coming on to the Pod Squad. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Chad. Visit us at civilbeat.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook for the Pod Squad for, for Honolulu Civil Beat. For April, my producer, I'm Chad Blair. Take care. Aloha. (laughs) 